MSW Media. This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. Have you thought about talking to someone but are unsure of where to start? BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed professional counselor specializing in the issues that you want to talk about. Join BetterHelp and you can schedule a secure video and online phone session or text your therapist from anywhere in the world on your schedule. And listeners of Daily Beans get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, September 24th, 2019. Today, a step closer to impeachment. The FBI arrests a soldier for discussing plans to bomb a major news network. Discussions of releasing the Ukraine call transcript. Flynn's motion hearing is moved again. And Greta Thunberg files a petition. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you? Great. Great. Good. Yeah, also great. Yes. M- Mandy's here. Hi. Amanda or <laughs> Mandy? Either or. Either or. Nice. Okay. We'll just change it every day. <laughs> Today it's Mandy. <laughs> um, any uh, any shows coming up? Anything fun going on? Um, the Racial Maddow show has some interviews coming up. I've been getting really into that. And I think I like it a little more than like the news monologue stuff. I still like the news, but like I love because we have a great dialogue too. So I feel like I'm tapping into that on that show now, which is really fun. Yeah, interview shows are great. Thank you. Um, You're a really good active listener, too. I appreciate that, Mm -hmm. dude. I try to be, and I cut you guys off a lot, too, so I'll work on that. But I appreciate it in general. No, it's something I have, I've learned through just, like, these last few days, like, with my interviews I've been doing. It's just something I have to undo. But I love the process of learning when to speak and when to listen. Like, I appreciate the feedback, though. Mm -hmm. Thank you, dude. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I grew up in, like, a family of interrupters, so that's also something (laughs) that I struggle with. Nice. Just constantly. And then when we're together, that's just how we communicate. And most of the time, the idea that we were on gets lost and we just don't give a shit because it's only a matter of time before we do that to someone else. <laughs> so then we just keep going. But Very then I true. like in the real world, people are like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I think as comedians, we live in this yes and sort of environment. Yeah. So it's talk, talk, me talk, you talk, talk, I talk, you talk, we talk. And then it's like, uh, that's just kind of how it is hanging out with comedians, which is if you spend a lot of time on the road or at shows or at open mics, that's who you spend most of your time talking to. And it doesn't really work for a like a like a show. So I've had to like really work on that too. Like, okay, I, I have to let them finish their entire thought <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> before I interject my thought about their thought, and then we talk about that thought before we bring it around to their final thought. Yeah. it's it's different. Yeah, How long it, is this fucking thought? Is right, where I find myself <laughs> thinking a lot. <laughs> I think there's a skill in learning to remember what you wanted to say totally. while someone's talking while still active listening. That's what oh, I'm learning yeah. to do in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's hard, right? Because mm-hmm. then by the time you, you're really interested in what they're talking about, but then you're afraid you'll forget your point. Mm-hmm. And so you have that stuck in your head while yeah. they're talking. That's at least how I do it. Totally. Note taking is a big help in that case. I'd imagine mm. that's how you do it, too. Yeah, yeah. I yes. that that's the only way that I can you know do it. Totally. Yeah, yeah 100%. Taking notes, sitting here with Mike. Got my notebook right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that way, if uh, you know, you've know you got a thought, Jordan, you've got a thought, Lisa, yeah. I can be like, uh, something springs into my head. I can just write it down real quick and continue to like listen mm-hmm. to you. Absolutely. If you guys are thinking about starting a podcast, that's just a little insider baseball. That should be helpful. Yeah. There you go. Hopefully. Behind the scenes. Did you just say spings oh god sorry ag fuck it's all good we'll have to bleep that out (laughs) around the four minute mark
Uh, I don't know if I said spings. I might have. I think you did. Yeah, it's one of those days where words. Yeah. I mean, it should be a word though. Spings. I'm going to start saying it. Yeah. And replace uh, replacing Bing. I think. Okay. Sping. You said. Sping. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> and we, you know what? We have it on tape. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we need to go back and verify. Yeah, we do. <laughs> what I said. Uh, we do have a lot of news to get to, so uh, let's jump in. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, so this whole A block is going to be about this whistleblower thing that's been going on for, uh, you know, over a week now. Uh, as, you know, we said, it, it the, the news dropped briefly, uh, got a tweet uh, sent to me by um, David Priest from Adam Schiff, who said, you know, I sent this letter about a DNI and a, a IC whistleblower, et cetera. And, and it, it, you know, that was right before we went on stage at Seattle. And it's just been blowing up all week. Um, with just the response and, and how Trump's responding, how Pence is responding, how uh, now Mike Pompeo's gotten in get in on the action. <laughs> Giuliani, of course, with his crazy interview that you mm-hmm. went over on um, the main episode of Mueller she wrote this week. So with all this incredible recent reporting from the Wall Street Journal that, that Trump pressed Ukrainian President Zelensky eight times to investigate Joe Biden, Trump has now admitted that during the phone call he discussed the Bidens uh, and his allegations against them, despite the uh, Ukraine Ukrainian prosecutor saying there's no evidence of wrongdoing. Uh, and now Monday, Trump denied um, squid pro quo, but acknowledged that the $250 million of military aid that Trump withheld for review was tied to his desire to have Ukraine pursue an investigation into the Bidens. Okay, so how is that not squid pro quo? <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so it's very, and we have to be careful. <laughs> Renato Mariotti did a piece about this saying we have to be careful when we use the words extortion and bribery. Those are two laws that aren't in effect here. The, the, he, this is quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so muddying the waters with things like extortion and bribery might be a tactic they're using to g- huh. get us down the wrong path like they did with collusion, a reflection. Totally. A, a ref- a control technique um, that's an active measure that Russia uses commonly. Yeah. I also feel like, to answer your question, Jordan, it just dawned on me that their argument may be that this is not squid pro quo because truth is not truth, right? Didn't they set us up for this a long time ago? They're right. like, dude, nothing matters because we already told you a year ago that nothing matters. Yeah. But of course, things still matter. But I think that is actually their consistent message. It's not that they think they're making sense. They're like, none of this matters. You're still putting me on TV. We're still stalling. We are doing things you aren't even thinking about right now. And yeah, I think it's like an evil scheme that's, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say working, but something's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's effective to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, so he's actually talking about this two hundred and fifty million. He's tying it to it uh, to the um, the ask, the investigation ask, and he's because he says, "quote It's very important to talk about corruption. If you don't talk about corruption, why would you give money to a country that you think is corrupt? It's very important that on occasion you speak to somebody about corruption." (laughs) That's the quote. (laughs) So corruption seems to be the key word here. You know how he goes out with a single word uh, and uh, just. says it over and over and over and over again that's his word of the day his word of the scandal is corruption (laughs) yeah he's he's throwing it around like collusion i have a question is what is the thing that does not make it extortion or bribery the fact that it's sort of only a one-way street in those cases like extortion for example is do this or else this bad thing will happen and then bribery is like do this and then this good thing will happen whereas quid pro quo is like if you do this, then I will do this. Yeah, and it's like a mutual thing. It's it's more precisely toward that, and and that is the crime that we're talking about here mm-hmm. because because of the inherent powers of the presidency. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's almost not like 
it's almost as if to say because he's the president you aren't just nudging and winking you actually have to do this in right. order because you know you're talking to the most powerful man in the world okay yeah and in most cases you would assume in a position of power if this is your employee that your job could be on the line you know or your, your money like that's something that i think most people would would imagine but this like you said is the highest boss you know of the land so yeah it still applies yeah and i think boss is the perfect word there yep <laughs> so um it, so this is so bad uh his his connecting this this military aid to the corruption and corruption let's be fair is biden uh investigation to biden mm-hmm. in in ukraine it's so bad that even a trump aide told reporter jim acosta today this is a serious problem for us he admitted mm-hmm. doing it uh, and Trump says perhaps he'll release a transcript of the call. But seriously, I, I, <laughs> I tweeted, somebody said that, and I was just like, fuck off. Yeah, I'm exactly. not reading your transcript of the call. Yeah. He's like, hey, I'm, I'll get that transcript to you as soon as we're done working on it. Yeah. This is not <laughs> at all dissimilar to when Nixon said he'd release the tapes um, by summarizing them. Here's my summary and transcript of the tapes. And then having notoriously hard of hearing Senator Stennis listen to the tapes to corroborate the White House's transcript. Uh, I'm worried that the Democrats soft reaction to the Mueller report has left Trump feeling like he can do whatever he wants. Um, that they didn't open an impeachment inquiry right after the Mueller report came out or right after Mueller's testimony. There was there seems to be like 10 different things that have happened along the way where they should have opened an impeachment Mm -hmm. inquiry and did not. And so now this is supposed to be the quote unquote tipping point. But does Trump even care? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just called Scott Peters, our rep in my district today and said exactly what you're saying or brought that to light in my public comment, which was with everything that Mueller laid out, there was clear grounds for obstruction and you missed a public support window, I think, with that. And now we're in this thing where we're getting accused of talking about it for too long or whatever. So now that this has come out, something else that is huge and impeachable, again, strike now. This is your duty to strike now. Don't make the same mistake of waiting. Of course, the inherent uh, naivete in that of me saying that they're making a mistake and I don't know anything about government compared to them. <laughs> Yeah, and to Nancy Pelosi, I mean, is it your job to wait for the public to force you to do something, or is it your job to lead people to it? Right. Uh, I mean, that's what leadership is, right? Like, a Trump on guns, for example. He's waiting to see what the Republicans and the NRA and everybody wants before he makes any action on gun control. But you can actually lead the conversation about it. There's an old Henry Ford quote that says, if I'd asked the people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Yeah, that's Uh, a very good point. I think also we should apply the logic that you're talking about, which is um, if we would criticize Trump for it, then it's wrong and you shouldn't do it. So if if this is something that you said just now, we can apply to Trump that Nancy's doing, which is true. She's waiting to feel out the temperature, which generally speaking, this is why Trump is able to get away with it, because that doesn't sound like a bad thing on the surface. But in reality, stalling when, when these injustices are happening that is allowing you know it to continue so it's yeah, yeah it's but tricky. i think trump stalls on the nra stuff because of money sure um, but in general nancy is stalling on the impeachment stuff because of all of the democrats in congress who won in the blue wave uh the blue tsunami in 2018 be in trump districts or purple districts so you know and every seat in the house is up for re-election every two years and she could lose if you know she's i think what she's afraid of which i disagree with but she's afraid she could lose these trump districts where democrats won if she goes forward with impeachment because they might not want impeachment so that's why if you're in a trump district you have a dem or even if you're not you need to call your rep and call 
Nancy Pelosi and say, hey, I'm in a red district and I'm, you know, I'm yeah. for impeachment. Totally. Yeah. Our uh, the woman who I was speaking to over the phone was telling me, thank you for calling. Our office has been flooded today with phone calls about mm-hmm. this exact thing, which That's makes good. me feel really good. That's really good. Yeah. And I would also add that um, just on the topic of, of, of Nancy being like Trump, I don't think her intentions are the same. I think the outcome is similar. I think it's just it's still corruption, but it's not like in, it's not like her personal opinions about reelection is like unusual. A lot of politicians think about that. But in this case, it's like desperate times call for desperate measures and she's not rising up to, to the desperation. And that's where she's dropping the ball, I think. Yeah, I think there's a lot of merit to that argument and what I was saying over the phone today. But I also think that it's plausible that they're just trying to create the most I read in a thread today, ironclad case Mm -hmm. against the president. Right. And that that takes time to build. And that's sort of a a tough luck element of that approach. I, I don't know it. which yeah. one I believe is going on exactly True, but at you this still point. Have to, you still have to take advantage of those public windows of opportunity yeah. uh, to strike while the iron is hot. And if you're not going to do it after the 10 obstruction of justice charges, you're not going to do it after the Mueller uh, public thing. You're not going to do it after Mueller's letter to Barr saying you completely fucked up my entire report, you stupid asshole. I'm <laughs> paraphrasing. Or if you're, you know, now you're not going to do it here. You're just going to wait until you have this ironclad case. Then you miss the opportunity of being able to lead with having a bunch of people behind you saying, uh, the, you know, the, the iron is hot right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that Incubus album, If Not Now, When. And I'm sure it's other references <laughs> too, but that's what I nice. think of. Yeah. No, seriously. If Not Now, because before I was like, okay, ironclad case, I agree. It mm-hmm. does take time, but it's been a while. And I think the closer we get to, like once we pass that halfway mark to the election cycle, which we, I'm, I'm sure we have since Trump, you know, became a problem for the country. <laughs> I think that's when you start to say like, okay, cool. We need to address this. Even though these things take time, we need, we need to switch it up because times have changed. Yeah. And so Trump did say at the U.N. today that Joe Biden and his son are corrupt. He's using the corrupt word again. Uh, if a Republican ever did what Joe Biden did, they'd be getting the electric chair. Oh, <laughs> this is some. Yeah. He always exaggerates the charges someone should actually have. Yeah. Uh, he, I, I Also, we need to keep in mind, this is just one aspect of the whistleblower complaint. The ICIG has deemed credible and urgent. We know uh, from some public reporting and, and multiple sources that this call with Zelensky is one. Right. And there are multiple mm-hmm. uh, issue, uh, like urgent, incredible issues in this in this whistleblower complaint. So, you know, take your transcript of the thing and shove it up your ass. I don't right. care. Yeah. I don't even want to hear it. I want to see the whistleblower complaint. Yeah. yeah. What if? It, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, then there's also Giuliani talking about calling Ukraine and trying to get them to investigate Russia's influence over Hillary and her campaign, right? Wasn't that one of the, the first things that he talked about in his Cuomo interview? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely not just this phone call. No. Sorry, and I, so. Oh, no, I love that point. And I also think like this is more of a joke. What if it was like a dictator party line? And it's like there's multiple cases because he had like seven dictators on. Call one nine seven six Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that Mean Girl scene, the three way call. <laughs> yeah, but see, Trump is pretty pretty bankrupt, and I don't know if he no. Maybe you know, enter your Deutsche Bank credit card for twenty four ninety nine for the first minute, two hundred and fifty million dollars each additional minute. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that might be a good commercial <laughs> to do the dictator party line. Um, so also. 
he does continue to go after the whistleblower, though. He insists he doesn't know their identity, calling them partisan. We remember that from a tweet over the weekend. But uh, what you were talking about, Julissa, Nancy Pelosi has fired a warning shot in a letter to House members saying, quote, if the administration does not turn over the whistleblower complaint to Congress, they will be entering a grave new chapter of lawlessness, which will take us into a whole new stage of investigation. So, again, being an edgelord about the word impeachment. Um, Schiff who has avoided impeachment uh, discussions in the past, spent a lot of time with Pelosi over the weekend, I'm assuming discussing impeachment, and now he said we've crossed a Rubicon on impeachment. Quote, that may be the only remedy that is co-equal to the evil that the, this conduct represents. Currently, 137 Democrats are in favor of impeachment, though additional Democrats are ready to announce their support for impeachment within days. So I'm, again, hoping uh, Pelosi will take the lead on this, and I'm I'm secretly hoping behind the scenes she's trying to garner support for impeachment. Mm-hmm. Uh, AOC has tweeted, the bigger national scandal is not the president's law-breaking behavior, it's the Democratic Party's refusable to, refusal to impeach him for it. Mm-hmm. That's coming from AOC. And Mitt Romney... Uh, has weighed in, saying if the president asked for or pressured Ukraine's president to investigate his political rival, either directly or through his personal attorney, it would be troubling in the extreme. Mm-hmm. Extre- it would be troubling extremely. <laughs> I mean, we got to know. just for- a weird way to put it. But he said he does say critical facts. Sorry. Sorry. To, I'll, I'll get you. But he says critical facts have to come out. And he's so far the only Republican that's actually said anything. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, Wide you got to consider where this is coming from. And I know we've talked about him recently, too, about the last statement he made was like lukewarm. But even then, that was still a pretty strong statement for Romney. And now he's saying something again. So I'm going to give him credit. I didn't think he was going to speak out again. I was like, you know what? I think Mitt Romney's out of the race, you know, like of the guy, the White Horse prophecy. You know, I thought he wasn't going to be that guy. But this is another indication that he's still in the running. It's possible. But you got to understand that this is someone who is so rich and so like disconnected and he should be benefiting from Trump's agenda. But instead, he's like going against it. So I think it means a lot when he when he speaks out every single time. He's probably the only Republican senator that doesn't that the Russians don't have video of, you know, having sex with the Russian model. Exactly. Is the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm trying to think I'm like he might be the only Republican senator that they don't have compromise on but um i don't know we'll see but now three house committee chairs are threatening subpoenas uh if the state department does not as pompeo does not hand over the documents they requested by thursday of this week uh these are the chairs of the foreign affairs committee the intelligence committee adam schiff and oversight committee elijah cummings uh so you know we'll see how that goes Uh, threatening subpoenas seems like oh no I don't I I feel like Trump isn't scared of subpoenas no he's not and I'm over it too I feel like he's not going to respond to it so we need something else and then McConnell has weighed in saying it's regrettable that Schiff and Schumer have chosen to politicize the issue well uh okay what is the definition (laughs) of politics exactly (laughs) I'm I'm a little confused Yeah. yeah yeah It's funny, right? Yeah, that's why is. we need to use our words very wisely. Because when we say fascist too, when someone's like cutting you in line, like, "Oh, what a fascist!" Guys, come on, that word needs to have weight. Because in cases like this, like being, you know, a politician or being political needs right. to mean something. And I'm holding it to the politicians too to like, you know, own up to that. So yeah, everyone, let's just unless you're a comedian, <laughs> no, I'm biased. Um, no, words are important, and and I think especially if you're a comedian, even maybe like you know, choose your words wisely. Seriously, yeah, yeah. And Chuck Grassley, even he said, "quote I don't know anything about it." Uh, since he got back from the weekend, he was you know busy all weekend. He didn't hear anything about it. I don't know anything about it. And since I listened to, but since I listened to a lot of whistleblowers, I'd like to invite the whistleblower to come and talk to me. Hmm. Chuck Grassley said that. John Cornyn refused to criticize Trump's conduct in a similar kind of bullshit statement. Um, and now there's calls for inherent contempt. 
Uh, and, you know, that's uh, where you it, it hasn't been used in a long time. There's supposed to be like some little jail cell. We had a big discussion with uh, <laughs> Harry Lippman about inherent contempt. But if I personally were um, the Dems, the House Dems, we have the DNI testifying September 26th. I would have a contempt resolution ready to go. Yeah. If they didn't do that the last time with Lewandowski, they definitely should do that and then use it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it goes that way, whether it's inherent if it contempt goes or, or regular contempt, you know, yeah. criminal contempt, yeah, they should have that ready to go because he's not going to tell you what you want to hear. Um, Pompeo said Sunday he hasn't seen the whistleblower complaint, but if the for- if former president, former vice president Joe Biden behaved inappropriately, we would need to know. And then he went on to blame Biden for interfering in American elections, but didn't explain what he meant or what evidence he has on <laughs> for Biden on that. And this is the Trump way, right, to say. Uh, I did nothing wrong. Oh, I, if I did do that, there's nothing wrong with it. These, this is precisely what he's done. Uh, and then the Democrat did it. And he just turns around and accuse, accuses. Mm-hmm. It used to be crooked Hillary. Now it's Sleepy Joe. Yeah. And I I feel so many different ways about this because obviously this whole issue is, is treasonous. But I think it's also about Joe Biden is someone who I'm not personally crazy about anyway. So I think the idea is, yeah, we should address the fact that Trump is abusing his power. But also if he uses all his energy towards Biden... So be it. Like, I saw a meme that said to people, like, get over Joe Biden, I'm bored. <laughs> like, I'm with that. I'm not saying that he's not better than Trump. If he's the, the you know, candidate, I'm going to vote for him a thousand times over. Well, you can't do that. It's illegal. But I still feel like it's important to note that there are so many other candidates. And if he's not going for them, then let Joe have it. I'm not saying Joe is someone who I want to be, like, some kind of scapegoat just because. But be, since it's happening, it's like we could spend our time defending Biden or, you know, focusing. And I don't hear anyone at this table defending. Biden well, we don't need to because he didn't yeah. do anything wrong. Exactly. There's no reason to even worry about that. I think it's just interesting that Trump is focusing on Biden when he has there's so many other great candidates. It's like, OK, is that your move or do you have something for all of them? Because that's not a great plan. No. Mm-hmm. Well, he's leading in the polls. Yeah. And I think that's another tale of how much Trump is lying about all this, too, uh, or a telltale sign, I should say, is when he is responding to all these interviews questions, he's not saying Joe Biden did this. This is what he did. He's just saying that investigating corruption in general should be something that's fine if he was really serious about going after something that he truly thinks happened or has any sort of intel that actually happened he would be saying more specific things and he's not all he's saying is are things that are trying to defend his blatantly corrupt act corruption yes joe biden (laughs) corruption he's just going to keep repeating the words joe biden and corruption exactly just buzzwords no specifics because he doesn't have them yep all right, uh, you know, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with this discussion. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, this is AG, and in America, we have so many barriers to access quality mental health care, and that's especially hard if you have an issue that's preventing you from being your best self. But now there's BetterHelp, which is overcoming those obstacles by offering affordable and accessible counseling. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in a whole vast range of issues, including depression, stress, anxiety, family problems, trouble in relationships. And you can connect with your counselor in a safe and private online environment, so anything you share is confidential. But it's also extremely convenient. One of the biggest barriers to care here in this country is access, which includes the ability to travel to your provider. Uh, But with BetterHelp, you can get assistance on your own time in the comfort of your own home by scheduling secure video or phone sessions or you can chat and text with your professional counselor from anywhere. And if you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional fee. 
Another obstacle to care in America is price, but BetterHelp is truly an affordable option. And for Daily Beans listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month with discount code DAILYBEANS. So why not get started today? Go to BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. Simply fill out the questionnaire and you'll be matched with a counselor that will meet your needs. That's BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. You'll be glad you did. All right. So just to wrap up this discussion on, on the whistleblower um the whistleblower complaint. Uh, I think that the only remedy here is to quickly and swiftly uh, use the judicial branch to get the whistleblower complaint to Congress. Or what what I've been recommending is for Adam Schiff to uh, tell the whistleblower to come and speak to him and then grant the whistleblower immunity. Schiff has the power to do that. And then we can have the entire complaint. I'm sure the whistleblower has a copy of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they had to fill it out and, you know, write it and send it. Um, so that's the way that I think we'll get it. If we don't get it by the end of this week, just through journalism, um, I think that would be the best way to get the information to Congress. But uh, they're going to need to act swiftly to kind of get into that window of opportunity of, of public support that you are mentioning. Yeah. Unless the whistleblower is somehow compromised by Trump and his team enough to the point where even if offered immunity, he would still take Trump's offer of protection, maybe or something. Because he's he works closely with Trump. That's the only reason he had in, intel on that conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he's a part of his inner circle to some degree. Yeah, we would still definitely want the uh, original complaint. Yeah. Oh no, totally. I'm not saying we shouldn't get the complaint. I'm just saying you're talking about directly getting the person who wrote the complaint. Oh, and I'm agreeing with you. In addition oh, yeah, yeah. to that, we should still just make yeah. sure. And and we might not get it. It might be Congress who gets it, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I feel like as long as Adam Schiff has eyes on it, I'm comfortable. Yeah. yeah totally. Oh, God, that would suck so bad, though, if they subpoena him and he comes in and does that same bullshit of reading some statement from White House counsel, even if he's offered immunity. That's what I'm that's what my fear is. The whistleblower? Yeah, that's what my fear is. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he would do that. I hope not. I mean, if he made the complaint in the first place, you would think that he's already against Trump enough. But he did it. What? Like, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the feeling mm. from journalists are that the ICIG and the whistleblower are really wanting this information to get to Congress. OK, OK. I hope so. So. It's, you were speculating that perhaps it could be like uh That's just my fear. A small, I don't think a small that's what's going to happen. Yeah, a small chance. That is really that's interesting. That's just my fear. That, those are not bad beans to throw out because I would say that like I feel like this is, would be the most clever move of them if that were the case. To, like, to like, do that. Yeah, like yeah. If, if Trump could keep people's mouths closed who were even against him, like actually against him, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. That's true tyranny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen um, evidence of that already. Yeah. Mattis and Coates and yep. Sue Gordon. Totally. And everybody else who's left, uh, Rob Porter, that, you know, McGahn. Yeah, exactly. Um, McGahn's a great example. Yeah, who are refusing to testify because they're being covered by White House blanket privilege or right. absolute immunity or whatever bullshit thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Michael Flynn's motion hearing was moved again. Uh, it was moved from October 31st through November 5th. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, that's crazy. That's the first day of Stone's trial. And it's two days before we appear in Boston on November 7th. Uh, well, it's been moved again, this time at the request of Flynn's lawyers due to a scheduling conflict. And uh, the government's not opposing the change. Uh, guess when the new date is? Mm, oh, gosh. Halloween? Christmas. November 7th. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Only a couple days. <laughs> it's the day we're in Boston. That's so funny. Uh, that's when Flynn's motion hearing will What was take the original place. date again? October 31st. Oh, okay. I see. It's going from Halloween to and the And then 7th. November okay. 5th. Mm-hmm. 
and now November 7th. Wow. So funny. Yeah. It's just funny because October 31st to November 5th, we were like, that's significant because it's the same day as Stone's trial. And then to, from November 5th to November 7th is significant because we were mock, like sort of, haha, it's going to be two days before we're in Boston. Now it's going to mm-hmm. be on the day we're in Boston. And they might push it back because that's happened as before too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we think it's the 7th and then we make posters and then... <laughs> Well, the government hasn't, yeah, the government hasn't opposed the change. So everyone seems to be in agreement um, Mm -hmm. uh, with November 7th. But we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. It's also my dad's birthday. Oh, Oh, cool. And yours is? November 19th. 12 days later. Correct. Yes. Yes. Scorpio energy. Cool. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Prosecutors uh, have, (laughs) this is so fun. I spent, this is what I spent most of my um, morning uh, reading when I was drinking my coffee. They file, uh, prosecutors have filed a redacted version of their exhibit list in the Roger Stone case. It has 187 exhibits. And we finally now get to see which ones Stone's Stone's lawyers are objecting to. Uh, And as we reported, uh, Judge Jackson has ruled on the objections already, but she's filed an under seal. She's filed her opinion under seal, as a lot of the information in the exhibit is redacted. Um, So this is the first glimpse we're getting into the objections. So here's what we have. Stone is objecting to the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence transcript Hmm. on the basis of its authenticity. What? Uh, basis of best evidence, meaning they they think it's not original. They're calling it hearsay. (laughs) Sorry. This is from committee? Yeah. (laughs) And they're calling it unduly prejudicial and completeness. So they're saying the transcript from the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence is incomplete. It's not the real thing. It's secondary. It's hearsay. And it's not fair to his case. So they're just going full-blown blatant conspiracy theory on this. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I object. On what charges? It's devastating to my case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just think of that liar, liar quote yeah. every time. <clears throat> so, yeah, he's questioning the Hipsy's transcript authenticity. <laughs> That's just... That's absurd. And there's no way a judge is going to hear that for even a second. Yeah. And 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 it's funny because the next item on the list is the auto audio recording of the Hipsy testimony, which he doesn't object to. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, He also objects to two emails from Stone to a redacted party from June of 2016 uh, on, I think, June the 13th and June the 15th, just a few days after the Trump Tower meeting. Uh, Stone says the emails are not authentic. They're inadmissible. They're prejudicial and incomplete. Uh, The redacted name is five letters long. Mm. And I'll give you two guesses. And the first one doesn't count. Mm. (laughs) It's probably Trump. Too bad there are no such thing as recordings of emails. <laughs> yeah, I know. Then, then, oh, yeah, that's you wouldn't fine. be able to object to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we can put it in text to talk if if that yeah. makes you feel better because it's a recording. If only there was a microphone in his room and he was reading the email like this to yourself, you know? I guess we're um, then there are three text messages from a redacted person to Stone, and these are from January 2018, uh, that Stone calls irrelevant and unduly prejudicial. The name seems like it's four letters long, seems too short to be Trump. So mm. I couldn't figure out who that was, uh, mm. like who would be texting Stone. Hmm. I'm counting out all these names on my fingers. Yeah. Four is a short, that's a short name. Because I'm thinking of all of Stonehenge, like Corsi and Nunberg and, um, Soriano and... Or no, Sullivan, not Soriano, Miller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, I can't think of any like four-letter four names. Might be uh, an Igor. <laughs> Igor. It's a last name though, right? It probably is a last name. Yeah. Okay, okay. Igor, Igor. Oh, uh, no, WikiLeaks wouldn't. I was like, is an, there abbreviation? an abbreviation for Yeah, WikiLeaks? they don't do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. not for that. 
Someone on Twitter has to have figured it out. Hey, yeah. let us know. Yeah, let us know. Hit us up at Daily Beans Pod. I'm, I'm interested to know. Uh, Stone is also objecting to additional emails between himself and a redacted name from 2018, but the objection is reserved. Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm assuming uh, his reasons for objecting to it are under seal, maybe? Mm. I don't know. Uh, he objects to his toll records from 2016 to 2018 being entered into evidence on the basis of relevance. Toll records, I'm assuming, meaning car toll. Yeah, like travel. Yeah. Yeah. So he says where he was is not relevant. Interesting. It sounds very relevant. <laughs> Especially if you were going to meet oh someone somewhere. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. Like, the only... The, Traveling would be the only smart thing that you could do to try to not get caught is to not have an electronic paper trail and go meet someone and talk to them. I think you're just missing the most important point, though, which is white privilege, right? They're betting on that. Yeah. Also, he's like, oh, Sorry, Honor, I'm, not I'm not smart enough to go do this in person. Yeah, yeah. No, really. <laughs> this is irrelevant. I think white privilege and specifically like white, straight, cis, male, rich privilege has like is so embedded in them that they actually they can't separate like that from reality. It's, it is their reality and they're like, wait, nothing I do matters because my whole life I've gotten away with this. So why all of a sudden it wouldn't matter what I do? Yeah, yeah. there is. There's definitely a hint of privilege in a, why does my travel matter? Mm-hmm. 100%. You know? And why else would they say that if they didn't believe it a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, I w- that's, that's the only thing I was going to say in response is I just don't even think these people even believe anything. I think <laughs> I think they just say whatever is going to get them to the top. Good They're, point. Yeah. And, and then that the harder is, that you is climb, too. Oh, no, not the harder you climb, but the higher you climb, the harder you fall. So people are like, well, you know, he got away with this, so he'll just get away with everything. But I'm like, no, some people fall at the top. Manafort. And it's the biggest thing. <laughs> this is the most satisfying thing. Ever. Yeah, it's hard to look away. <laughs> I don't want Roger Stone to think that we think he's at the top of anything. No, yeah, no, no. But this, true. That this whole conspiracy, <laughs> being in, you know involved with... It, the White House being able yeah. to speak to the president it's hard yeah. to deny yeah yeah yeah. So. his opening statement should be like I just want to say it has been an honor to be involved <laughs> in all of this thank you oh you know it <laughs> <laughs> thank you for he buying little, my rocks yeah. little dance little jig <laughs> I've grown a lot as a person started a small business <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to file bankruptcy because shipping rocks is expensive oh uh, let's see. Here's my favorite objection in the whole thing. He objected to the video clip from The Godfather 2 being shown uh, and references his objection motion that he filed for that. He he basically says it paints him unfairly as a mobster. <laughs> so he doesn't want The Godfather 2 clip shown. That's probably the most credible complaint he has, honestly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I'm almost like leaning toward <clears throat> I wouldn't, you know, I think that uh, like his motion to dismiss all this evidence will probably be denied but i'm like she might give him the godfather thing maybe on the basis of rhetoric as a concept she might give him the godfather thing like that's unnecessary yeah we know he's a mobster right we don't need a (laughs) we've all seen the godfather we we know what this is about yeah um then we have three charts and this is fantastic Uh, that stone objects to one shows the number of written communications by month between stone and a redacted name um, between in 2016 and 2017, another shows the number of written communications between Stone and a redacted name in September 2017, and then finally, there's a chart of written communications between Stone and Trump campaign officials, not redacted Trump campaign officials, in 2016. So that leads me to fully believe that these are communications with Trump in the two redacted previous uh-huh. ones. Uh, he cites relevance, best evidence, unduly prejudicial, completeness. 
Those are the reasons for his objections. Uh, but the, the the interesting part is communications by month for 2016 and 2017, and then the number of written communications in September 2017, the month before the election. And that's, I think, I want to see those charts. Right, very relevant. Yeah. <laughs> and he says they're not. Actually, uh, no. Re- no, yep, relevance. Relevance, best evidence, unduly prejudicial, and completeness. It's like we want to show all of the communications. How how is that incomplete? Right. Is this one of these things where it's like every single piece of evidence has to directly relate to? I, yeah, I don't know. It seems it seems like at at before he is convicted or not, any evidence that is even remotely relevant to anything he could have said or done around the time period that they're looking at would be relevant because mm. it's his conduct <clears throat> as a whole that's under scrutiny. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I think basically it's the ones that, that don't go with the Trump uh, narrative. And, yeah. <laughs> and so they're just trying to find ways to disclude them. Yeah. Uh, and the problem with Stone's objections to the rule of completeness is that that means you have you have the right to put in a complete document if your opponent uses an, an, incomplete, an incomplete document. It does not apply to illustrative charts, and it certainly doesn't apply to oral communications unless they're recorded. So his completeness for the Hipsy transcript, it is recorded, and he didn't object to that. So that can't be, that's not real. Um, So again, I I put beans on his objections being denied, uh, though he may be partially granted in his motion to get some of the documents he's requesting. Uh, And I'd be interested to see if she goes for the Godfather thing. (laughs) We'll 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 throw you the, the Godfather too, Bone. Yeah. Uh, but today is the deadline for objections. Um, mm. uh, in his case, to in in the in the motions for her ruling on which motions are denied okay. and which motions are uh, granted mm-hmm. uh, in his suppression of evidence motions and his wanting to compel documents given to him. Uh, today she gave everyone until today <laughs> to file their objections, and and if they don't, I'm I'm assuming we will get that. Um, that filing that was filed under seal, that opinion. So I'm looking for that. I keep watching my phone. I keep watching Pacer. So she gave them, even though this is something they should generally know, she more or less gave them like 24 hours notice? No, she filed the thing last week. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, this filing was something different. Okay, that, cool. That came out because the prosecution was just giving their list of evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in anticipation of her ruling on what objections are going to be overruled and which are going to be um, granted would be coming out mm-hmm. probably tonight if not tomorrow cool. unless somebody filed an objection but I haven't seen an objection filing either in the minute orders or otherwise mm-hmm. so we'll see mm, watching nice. watching <laughs> watching you uh, so and then after delivering a scathing speech to the UN climate summit Greta Thunberg and 15 other children from 12 countries have filed a petition to the UN Monday uh, on Monday, alleging world leaders violated children's rights because of an action on climate change. The complaint was filed with the UN Committee on the Rights of the Child. The child petitioners range in age from 8 to 17. They come from Argentina, Brazil, France, Germany, India, Marshall's Islands, Nigeria, Palau, South Africa, and Tunisia. The petition was filed through uh, the third optional protocol, which allows children or adults on their behalf to appeal directly to the UN for help. And it names five countries. Germany, France, Brazil, Argentina, and Turkey. Um, And they say they have failed to uphold their obligations under the Convention on the Rights of a Child. The U.S. is not on the list of countries because we pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord. 
Um, the children are not seeking monetary compensation, uh, but instead are asking these countries to immediately adjust their climate goals and work with other nations to address the crisis. Trump uh, stopped by the UN Climate Summit uh, yeah, today for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. sat, sat in and listened for 15 minutes, and then left to attend a religious freedom summit. Oh, my God. You know, and especially after watching the first episode of The Family, I don't know if you guys started watching it yet, I'm just like, anything religious right now, and, and, and I do understand that it can be used for good, but man, I'm suspicious, because I didn't know this was going on, and I'm like, anything political and religious specifically? It, I mean, t- disregard, like, you know, separation of church, church and state, but just the whole idea of that being something that was happening and it's real and a lot of people didn't know about it and this stuff still happens. The one thing, sorry, go ahead, AG. The one thing that America does have going for it over time relative to a lot of other countries is religious freedom. So for him to think, not to say that, I mean, obviously Islamophobia and a bunch of other like horrible things breed from intolerance still, but in terms of how our government treats religious freedom mm-hmm. and like yeah and it's, I, it's not it's not as pressing of an issue for us as the fucking climate is obviously that's so insane i can't but it is still a big that. issue and then specifically I, I i like that you brought that up like the religious freedom part because i have this issue with like the, the christianity being pushed into politics because you don't see that happening with any other religion really at least we don't allow them to get you know any footing so right, why is christianity getting to do the this? religion of the whites they're dude. the most oppressed julissa <laughs> clearly right also sorry i, I mean, don't mean to say it's the religion of the whites. no i it's the, religion the poor of other christians people, yeah, yeah yeah i wonder if anyone's <laughs> yeah, exactly. offended, in america <laughs> or living on the streets I don't even know what right. I'm talking about. Yeah. No, no, but, but you're totally right. I, I mean, can't even do a fake argument. I know. <laughs> I still, a valid effort, though. I still I think, think relatively it. the separation of church and state is something that's very important. And there's these people that are fucking war on Christmas mongers mm-hmm. that are just Right. Complete. I don't see color, but Jesus can't be black. <laughs> yes. Yeah, those people. Right. And, and I think that we need to keep an eye on that and actively work to keep those things separated for sure. So I think your sense that it's encroaching on the state still is totally. 100% correct. But relative to our space at, you know, a UN summit and like group of countries around the globe, that is not what we should be focusing on. Not at all. But now he's going to now he's going to say, well, I wasn't going to go, but I I did go. So you should be very thankful. Yeah, he will. That I was there for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you get to see that picture of Greta giving the the stink eye, ooh, it's circulating to Trump and Pence. Yeah, I've seen good. the memes, the asteroid dinosaur memes, just like the AOC, <laughs> and yeah, I I think Greta she represents all of us right now, and and she doesn't hold back. Got to respect that. Yeah, and who was it, Dinesh D'Souza? Uh, posted a photo of Greta next to a a Nazi. Was it a Nazi? Uh, Goebbels propaganda oh, of a that. young girl with braids that looks like Greta and and and, and comparing them uh, to her to what she's doing as Nazi Goebbels propaganda. Oh, oh that that young girl Dude, who Hitler has a YouTube the environment. channel. Is that the one? There's a I'm sorry, you're totally right, Jordan. I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's yeah, there's a girl who's No, it's got nothing oh, to do with totally YouTube. Different, totally different. Totally different. I see that now. Thank you, Amanda. Um I I've heard about people that are Greta's age though on YouTube that are young white girls that are you know, putting on for for Nazi propaganda and Greta, like, it's amazing that she's so young, but it's also amazing that she's countering these other young people who are being brainwashed and they're out there and they're and they're putting the, you know, Hitler word out there or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it's it's really it's a fight. It's a fight of evil versus good, and I, and it, it sucks that this happens. But I think that's just life, right? It's it's like you think that things just can be fought and won and it's over, but no, 
Yeah. It just keeps happening. Yeah, so go to Dinesh D'Souza's Twitter and report that tweet. Seriously, that's so awful. It's that horrible. So, it's that horrible. Is so awful. And yeah, sorry, what I interrupted you with was Hitler was an environmentalist to a lot, a lot of degrees, <laughs> actually, except the whole gas chamber exactly. thing. Exactly. But, but there's like... There's a lot of his philosophy that was super based in environmentalism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange how someone can have technically good qualities while, while being an evil person, you know, at their root. I think that's really important to, like, distinguish. Like, he technically well, probably had some policies that made sense and obviously some that helped the Nazi community. A lot of it was, like, this concept of purity, which extended to the world and also the Jews. So <laughs> that's that's where it starts getting Exactly. Up. It's like if you, you know, apply it like, your... it would like It's like using the Voting Rights Act to to say gerrymandering, racial gerrymandering is good. Yeah, right. by no means am I saying he deserves any credit for that whatsoever. Oh, All I don't I'm think saying so. I totally that agree that with you, person yeah putting like a Nazi next to Greta is uh it really does contrast the argument though yeah the fight is that real they're 15 year olds against 15 year olds or however old they are now I'm gonna gonna come back with proof on everything that I just said in the next episode (laughs) before you you send us emails I'm just pretty sure I learned that in college (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it though (laughs) hold on on the send button (laughs) yeah please (laughs) we're gonna get the we're gonna get the proof Uh, all right we'll be right back guys Daily Beans would like to thank Beta Brand for, first of all, making the most amazing, comfortable pair of pants ever with their dress pants yoga pants and for having the friendliest staff members of all time. Uh, the dress pant yoga pant by Beta Brand is my new go-to pant. They have four styles, uh, crop, bootcut, skinny, and straight leg, and I bring one of each in black with me on every trip I take. And I do that for a couple reasons. First of all, they don't wrinkle. They pack well. No matter how you shove them into the suitcase, they come out looking fantastic. And they're as comfortable as yoga pants, but they have dressy details like real buttons, belt loops real pockets and faux zippers and they're made of four-way stretch knit that's really got a nice compression good feel to it makes your butt look great um, <clears throat> so they have a lot, a lot of good support and I can wear them in front of former US attorneys or former acting directors of the FBI or nights out with patrons or just hanging out in my room writing because they're so comfortable you can do yoga in them uh, before Bade brand I had to buy all my suiting at the regular places and they weren't stretchy they didn't breathe they had itchy tags and I was constantly reminded of my pants instead of keeping my mind on my work because they were so uncomfortable but with beta brand dress pant yoga pants being so amazing I could focus on my work without having to worry about how awesome I look or how comfortable I am I can't say enough about these incredible pants so head to betabrand.com slash daily beans all lowercase to get 20% off yours that's betabrand.com slash daily beans for 20% off the most comfortable pants you'll ever own. All right, the FBI has arrested a U.S. Army soldier, active duty, current Army person, who allegedly discussed plans to bomb a major news network, planned to travel to Ukraine to fight alongside the violent far-right group Azov Battalion, Oh my God! suggested targeting Democratic presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke, and published information online about how to build bombs. Jarrett William Smith is his name, a soldier stationed at Fort Riley in Kansas. He allegedly spoke with an FBI informant in an online chat group. So this was an undercover operation. Nice. And they discussed his plans for an attack inside the U.S. And he told the FBI he was in search of more radicals like himself after talking about the possibility of killing members of Antifa. He also talked about blowing up a major news network by using a large vehicle bomb. He's going to fill a van with explosives. Then he was going to take a ping pong ball, drill a hole in it, inject some uh, incendiary chemical in it, and then pop it in the gas tank, walk away, and boom. That's what he says. So here is uh, one exchange with the FBI informant from just three days ago. This is just three days ago. The FBI agent says, you got anyone down in Texas that would be a good fit for fire, destruction, and death? Oh, my God. And the guy answers. I know. That's a little like... uh, On the nose? Yeah. (laughs) 
Smith says, outside of Beto, I don't know enough people that would be relevant enough to cause change if they died. Uh, he was arrested September 21st, and he admitted to the FBI that he provides people online with instructions for building bombs. He's being charged in Kansas with uh, disturbing information related to the distributing information related to the we- to weapons of mass destruction. And I just keep coming back to the question: Does Trump's rhetoric incite violence? Yeah, it does. That's yeah, it's a rhetorical question too, right? I imagine at this point, anyone that says it doesn't, it's like, do we need like a seminar or like a, a video that explains all the examples we have so far? It totally does, and it's not even just Trump. It's the rhetoric of anyone that has like a fascist agenda. It's like he's using the same playbook. So mm. anyone that doesn't believe well, it, of leaders who have a fascist agenda in our country right now, Trump. Yeah, uh, and totally targeting media outlet. I that's mean, so scary. That's so what he wants right 100 percent. that is so scary yeah oh my god and beto um probably i think it was in response to beto saying yeah hell yeah we're coming for your ak-47s and hell yeah we're coming for your ar-15s what do they think is going to change the movement towards more gun control are they that scared by it i guess i guess so well that's kind of a bittersweet I mean, kind of good news, bad news thing that comes out of that, I guess, is that they're actually that scared by it. But obviously fear is what's motivating them all the time. That's true. Yeah, it is constantly playing on their fears of others. And racism. Fear of, Mostly yeah, racism. Xenophobia <laughs> and, and yeah. fear. And if I don't have my guns, uh, the caravan funded by Bezos is going to come and I won't have a job anymore. Right. It's, it's yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's why he's using that rhetoric. I mean, it's, it works. Yeah. So, um, it works if you work it. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> what's that from? Twelve it's steps. Like, yeah, uh-huh. one of those little like like AA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> what what step is that? It's not a step. Oh, <laughs> it's like you know, like a motto or something. You know, at the end they say, uh, "Keep coming back." It works if you work it. Oh, cool. I like it. The, yeah, it applies across so the board. Like the prayer, peppy and, then, and like. Zumba sounding for for AA. Yeah, you can use it for anything. It Zumba, works if fascism. You work it. Yep. Zumba, fascism. That's the white lady teaching it. Fascist Zumba. <laughs> Hip hop Thursdays. You know, oh whatever you want to use it for. I see that being a blackface <laughs> dance thing works. in the works. Since we're on the topic of fascism, not because in general. Right. Why people do your hip hop class? I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm cool with it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <clears throat> and also during an interview. When asked what the last straw was, this is this is we're gonna go. Uh, so maybe a little content warning because we're gonna talk about Antonio Brown now. Uh, obviously, we, we reported over the weekend he was fired by the Patriots, um, not because uh, he allegedly raped and assaulted a former trainer, and a second person came out and accused him of exposing himself or wearing a towel uh, on his. I guess he hung a towel on his dick and walked into the room. Uh, <clears throat> not because of that, but because he texted this second woman uh, pictures of her children, which she took a, uh, to be a threat, and that's why the Patriots dismissed him. He's on the free agent list. He's still hireable. The commissioner didn't put him on the exempt list, um, which I thought was weird, but like we talked about last time, he'd walk in this fine line, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because, you know, because of the NFL. You know, yeah. Yeah, check out the episode. But uh, during an interview um, with Belichick, a quick question after uh, something in a... Did you watch the interview? I did, yeah. You watched the Well, I watched there? the part that you're going to talk about, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when asked what the last straw was with Antonio Brown, he responded, we're going to focus on the Jets, and then just gave her the death stare, just glared at her. Mm. Like, he, like that's the noise I heard in my head. Mm. And then walked away. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, if he has an issue with the question, which he should have expected this question, uh, he should take that up with the club's owner, Robert Kraft, who signed Antonio Brown. Kraft, if you'll remember, is embroiled in the Cindy Yang scandal after refusing a plea deal in which he would have to God. admit guilt for soliciting erotic massages at the spa in Jupiter, Florida. Also a very good friend of Donald Trump. Tough year for the Patriots mm. and everyone associated with them. Yeah, yeah. Especially the victims. And I was going to say, sorry, totally. you're a fan, too. This sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Definitely um, more on the side of justice for the victims. I did see that interview, though, and I will say, aside from his look being horribly misogynistic and unfairly placed onto someone who was doing their job, uh, he is the most miserable person in the NFL, 100%. He gives that look a lot. He always looks like that, dude. Mm-hmm. Not like that, but some variation of that. But yeah. I totally agree. It was, I mean, it was enough to make the news. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Some fucking PR coaching for, for Christ's <laughs> sakes. <laughs> You're a coach. Get a coach. Yes. Coach hires coach. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what's next too. now that he's gone and, you know, he, he technically is, he left on his own terms, right? Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think yeah. he self-proclaimed that he's done with the NFL. Right, so he must have some plan where he's like, I'm going to rise from the ashes of my rape allegations. It's like, whew. So he's not a free agent? I saw a story that said he's not, he like announced he's no longer going to Right, he might change his mind NFL. because it was his announcement, like you're saying, yeah. Jordan. But yeah, I, he did announce that. Because arena football is where <laughs> it's at. <laughs> oh yeah, foosball. No you, offense to foosball players that, that no, aren't no, rapists. No, arena football, it's totally different. It's super horrible. I remember uh, it as a concept. you remember that stupid thing? Oh my God, it was so dumb. Like yeah. indoor It was big football. in Las Vegas for a little bit, I yes, think. <laughs> because it's 180 degrees in yes. Las Vegas. That's why they're like, That's yeah, arena anything. They're like, we're going to get a hockey team. Get some fucking ice in this town. Jesus. <laughs> what hockey? And, yeah. they, and dude, they're such a good team too. Yeah, they are. They killed it. They did. I don't follow it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I just know that they're doing well for being a brand new team. Like very well. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so that that made the news, and I thought it was worth sharing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't hear about his uh, declaring he's not going to play football anymore. Yeah, I don't want to pop on my my data and mess with our interference sounds and stuff, but I'm pretty sure I saw that. All right, we'll yeah. look into it. We'll report more on it tomorrow. Uh, all right, let's get social. Hashtag. Today's hashtag is hashtag Bivisibility Day. Bivisibility Day, known as International Celebrate Bisexuality Day, has been celebrated everywhere uh, on September 23rd since 1999. It's the 20th anniversary. Uh, it's allowed the bisexual community by celebrating all the amazing things uh, that bisexuals around the world are doing. But it's not just about celebrating the incredible accomplishments. It's also about highlighting myths and understanding and fighting stereotypes. Uh, Leah Rose Emery writes in Bustle, quote, as a bisexual woman in a lesbian relationship, myself, I can tell you I'm being that uh, being bisexual feels like a punchline rather than a recognized orientation a lot of the time. When you're with a man, people think of you as straight and ignore any history you have with women. Now that I'm dating a woman, everyone I meet assumes I'm a lesbian and speaks to me like I've never seen a penis before. Spoiler alert, I have. But this only scratches the surface of why we need Bi-Visibility Day, because all of these little prejudices and slights have added up to real problems in the bisexual community. It goes beyond the annoying, incessant questioning of, is it a phase, and are you gay now or something, and do you want to have a threesome? There are issues in mental and sexual health that have arisen from the attitudes towards bisexuals from outside and inside the queer community. So that's a really good piece and bustle if you if you if you want to check that out but uh yeah that's that's our hashtag today jump online celebrate bisexuality it's it's uh by visibility day cool i appreciate that i've got to read that article it's really good there's mm-hmm. a lot there's a lot of good ones too i think bustle put out uh, multiple articles <clears throat> um 
by bisexual men and women talking about some of the microaggressions they face and, and what some of the myths are. I know that they did another, you know, like the 10 myths and, you know, what to avoid and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's good to educate yourself. All right. So that's the show today. Do we have any uh, final thoughts? Uh, just check out the Rachel Maddow show and the Julissa Johnson show that's coming next month. Um, uh, yes. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> no. Just transition out of that without a message up. of support. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and then also uh, Amanda, our producer, was telling us that going back to that, to the Bi Visibility Day, statistically, people who are bi are actually more likely to suffer from anxiety and depression as a result of feeling like they're not accepted anywhere, really. And from they either community, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting and very sad. Yep. Do better, did you say? Yes. Hashtag. Yes. Hashtag hashtag by visibility day. Hashtag do better. Yeah. Everybody. So yeah, check it out. Check it out online. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the plant. Take care of your mental health. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is produced by AG, featuring Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our merchandising manager is Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jaleesa Johnson, and Jordan Coburn, with executive assistance by Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>